Keith, you mother fucker. Sorry, I couldn't resist. It's your host, Wayne, and we are on the 30th Truth or Dare anniversary eve of the worldwide premiere for the concert documentary we all know and love and couldn't live without in the Madonna Legacy. While I know a lot of people out there have been celebrating the LA premiere, Cannes Film Festival premiere, limited release, etc., etc., anniversaries, I'm choosing to do things slightly different. I am still working on the Blonde Ambition and Truth or Dare episodes for you, but I do have something that hopefully will hold you over. A very special Christmas in May, if you will, to give you guys a podcast crossover with The Immaculate Podcast, which I'm sure all of you listeners are familiar with. I'm very appreciative of the work Stephen and Justin put into their podcast, and I was very, very happy to speak with Stephen about all of his podcasts, talk about Stevie Nicks, we talk about Prince, and of course, our Queen Madonna. And we definitely did not leave out Truth or Dare. I hope you guys enjoy this as much as you might be enjoying the newly released Express Yourself and Beautiful Stranger remix EPs on streaming. Enjoy, you guys. Welcome, welcome everyone to the Madonna Get Together podcast. I am excited to have a very special guest today. He is the host of not one, not two, but three different podcasts, Nixology, For the Nostalgia, and of course, the Immaculate Podcast. To the podcast host that we admire, that we appreciate, that we adore, that we love, and that would all separately at one time or another listen to him talk about Madonna. Steven, Welcome. Wow, that is the best intro anyone's ever given me anywhere. If you could just recreate that every time I walk in the room, I would be really pleased. I'll intercut Wayne, it thank with, you so much. Yeah, I'll intercut that with like Madonna saying it, and I'll just yeah. cut her words out, and I'll step, I'll step in. I'll yeah. say, Steven. M- make sure you cut out the part about wanting to slap the shit out of me. <laughs> Although I'm sure, you know what, sometimes people might. <laughs> Like my mom probably, my mom probably wants to come and slap the shit out of me sometimes. <laughs> so how are you? I'm good. Uh, it's been a while since I recorded an episode. Um, so I'm really excited to have you because this is my first podcast crossover, having someone from another podcast on my shows. So I'm excited to have you here. Uh, I'm more than thrilled to have you on the show. And I may have mentioned this on my first episode, but... Uh, you actually helped me get into podcasting. I sent you a letter like Stephen John Luiki trying to get my foot in the door with a certain sacrifice and <laughs> um, sent you this this drunk text in the middle of the night saying, I want to do a podcast too. And I, I won't even read it because it's kind of embarrassing, but you were very sweet about it. You said, well, if you're serious about it, here. And then you send me this like detailed bullet pointed email about here's what you need to do. Here's the programs you can use. Here's the mic you can use, you know, and I very much appreciate that because you are very kind um, and getting me started. Well, listen, I, I love the idea that there are, in addition to your podcast, there's MLVC, there's Inside mm-hmm. the Groove, there's All I Want to Do is Talk About Madonna. I mean, there's so many out there. 
And I love it. I say the more the merrier. I just think it's awesome. So when you reached out to me, drunk text or not, I was like, yes, I've, how can I help you? Because I, <laughs> I, that's probably partly also the like teacher in me. You you came to the right place with people who are very willing and also love to give things in lists. So yeah. I am the ki- I'm the king of the bulleted list. If you were one of my <laughs> if you were one of my students, you'd be like, yeah, that's that's totally tracks for him. <laughs> well, I. I imagine, you know, with you being a school teacher, grading papers, teaching, I think about like, when do you, when do you have the time to do this? I imagine, uh, and now you have three podcasts under your belt. Yeah, it can be a lot. I think one of the positives was when number one, having such an awesome co-host like Justin, who's one of my dearest friends in the world, you know, sharing the workload with somebody is really, really helpful. The other thing is that when we started, I kind of didn't have a lot of other stuff going on. I recently had kind of moved out on my own, just doing my own thing. And we were able just by the magic of scheduling and, you know, COVID not existing yet, I don't think, I don't know, but we were able to get together every week. I look back at it and Justin too, we're like, how the hell did we do this? Like we, (laughs) we, every Saturday or Sunday, we would go through album by album, track by track with, you know, that kind of just commitment to things. I was really proud of us more than anything, just the fact that we saw it through and then, you know, continued because people liked it. And then we did for the nostalgia and that unfortunately just with COVID and everything, it was really, it became really tough to record remotely. When I decided to do Nixology, which is the podcast I'm doing right now about Stevie Nicks, I decided once a month is a much more manageable pace just because mm-hmm. like my, my workload is more now than it was at that time. And it's just, you kind of make the adjustments. And if you set it up that way, I always feel like don't, and not that I'm giving you advice here, but <laughs> don't be, don't be afraid to change it up because you, the only person that really matters is, you know, kind of how you feel about things. If you feel like it's too much, slow it down. If you feel like you want to do more, do more. It, right. It's kind of anything that you make it. And that's kind of the pressure that I've kind of thought about is when I first started, I wanted to have the first episode ready for the 30th anniversary of Immaculate Collection. Mm-hmm. And now that we're on the, I don't know, on the, on the toes and on the heels of the 30th anniversary of Truth or Dare, I have not recorded the, the episode yet. And I'm thinking, I should have this ready. It's, it's the 30th anniversary. Um, but I... I think about like these anniversaries that come up and that was one of the things that, that, that I really overthought about is like, Oh, well, should I plan it around an anniversary of an album? And I, for me, that became too much to think about. And I started yeah. overthinking it and thinking about timelines. And then I was like, no, you know what? Let me just start from the beginning. Well, I'll start with greatest hits and then I'll just go album by album after that. Yeah. And, and I so think that that's, that's what I've kind of been doing. I, li- I like that you did that too, because I do think that that's a very, it's a smart way to tackle it the way that you kind of start with the Immaculate Collection. That is a lot of people, as I found over the last couple of years, that was their introduction to Madonna, certainly was my yeah. introduction to Madonna pretty much. So it's a it's a logical place for people to start. I also uh, think it's the greatest, greatest hits album by mm-hmm. anyone ever. So <laughs> that's, you know, why, why not start with the best, right? <laughs> exactly. And, and I knew I wouldn't be able to, I wasn't going to be able to get my friend, because Growing up, I never had a Madonna friend. Like I never knew anyone else that liked Madonna as much as me. And that's that what was, so many people say. Yeah. And it, well, what's hard is like, uh, I won't 
go too much into it, but you know, my relationship with my ex, we, we didn't, you know, um, socialize with other people. We, so it's not like I was able to gain more friends and and figure out who likes Madonna, who doesn't. So Mm -hmm. it wasn't until recently when I met DJ Joey that he was also like a really big Madonna fan. I was like, Oh wow. Like I can talk to someone else about it and they understand things that I say, they understand quotes, they understand music references. And I've never had that before. And that's another reason why I wanted to do the podcast is I want to talk to other people and make more Madonna friends, the people that know Madonna and know her accomplishments and can respect and understand. And there's kind of like this shorthand where I don't have to go into a lot of detail and explain things. So that's been the exciting part for me. Yeah, I mean that that listen, you what you're sharing and what you've said is what, you know, so many people when we were doing the podcast regularly and even, you know, I still get probably once or twice a week someone will message me and say, "Hey, I just found your show. I am really into this and it just feels like I have another friend to talk about this with." Yeah. And that that for me is so I, I that's really rewarding. It's something that makes me feel really good and, you know, I'm I hate to use the word blessed, but I'm very lucky that I have someone and have always had someone in my life like Justin, and we share not only that interest, but many, many other ones. So we just did, you know, the Immaculate Podcast. It was just a lark for us. It was like, hey, there's nothing out there about Madonna. I, you know, at that time, we'd started planning this in like the fall of 2018. I had just moved back closer to him. So we were seeing each other a lot more. And we would just be like, how much fun would it be? if we just like bought a mic and just sat there and talk shit. And that's literally just what we did for two to three hours. Sometimes it's just crazy. It would go (laughs) on that long, but we didn't, I mean, you know, we would script it certainly as it went on a little bit further, we would do the research on particular things and try and come up with, you know, things that we both found mutually interesting. But most of the time it was just me sitting there with like my best friend, shooting the crap and just talking about talking about Madonna. And I think that that's the biggest feedback that we've gotten ever since we started. This is just that it feels that way. So to, to hear that kind of coming from you and that's sort of what you were looking for, you're not alone in that. And I've just always been fortunate that I've had somebody, but to want to share that with other people, it's, it's enjoyable. It, It is fun. Yeah. And that's really good to hear too. How is Justin doing, by the way? Justin's awesome. Justin has, you know, Justin now works, he's outside of the classroom. So his job is crazy. He manages, like kind of manages a bunch of teachers now, mm-hmm. but he's awesome. He is doing super, super well. So I was just talking to him yesterday. So awesome. he's, he's that's awesome. That's good to hear. Yeah. We haven't seen each other in almost a year, like physically, oh, wow. but we talk, we talk all the time. So now, do you still, guys still live close to each other? Yeah. We, I, I mean, I've moved recently, but I'm still in the same town. So we just, it, it's kind of a matter of my birthday's coming up. So I'm hoping that we'll be able to celebrate my birthday, his birthday and the birthdays we missed last year, <laughs> get um, all together and do well, happy that. Happy early birthday. Thank you. Thank Congratulations you Congratulations on the move. I know that you and your partner. Yeah. We just moved in Exciting. together and it's been, oh my gosh, it's been so much fun. I love it. I'm, I'm, in currently what will be like our podcast office space that is currently just filled with all of my junk from my old house. (laughs) So the plan, the plan next week is to really turn this into a spot where (laughs) he can work from home. I can kind of, you know, have my desk to do all my school stuff, plus record whatever I want to record. It's, it's good to have a designated space to be able to do that. (laughs) 
So well, I'm, that, si- I'm standing here envisioning what it's going to look like. <laughs> <laughs> well, that brings up a good point because when you're recording your podcast, I want to ask you a bit about your sure. podcast and, um, you know, what do you feel like you've learned from doing them since you've done three now? Like what, what's your biggest lesson that you've gotten from it? Um, biggest lesson, I, you know, you asked me this question yesterday and I was thinking about it. I think the biggest lesson that I've learned is that the world is a whole lot smaller than you think it is. I would never ever in my wildest dreams have expected, especially when we did the immaculate podcast that I would be in contact and, you know, make like legitimate lasting friendships with people around the world. I mean, from right. every corner I look at, I'm very, my boyfriend is a data analyst. We're both kind of interested in like analytics and just looking mm-hmm. at demographics and things. The number of people that listen in places that I would never dream they're listening to my little stories and Justin's little stories from our little, you know, as Madonna said about Detroit, smelly little town and <laughs> Michigan, our smelly little town in New Jersey. It's nuts to me. It just, it makes the world feel very small and it does make you feel really, really connected. And it's opened me up to a lot of different opportunities. I've met so many just cool people and people are willing to share things with you that, you know, you wouldn't normally have access to. I kind of grew up in the, you know, era, and I know you did too, because we're around the same age, sort of in the era of having to go to a record store and seek out that, you know, one, um, you know, out of stock single that you couldn't get anywhere. And now I've just got friends who are like, hey, you don't have that? Let me send that to you. It's it's awesome. And not only that, like all the stuff that's coming out on streaming now, like with the stuff that that has only ever been available on promo singles that have been so hard to find are now being put on streaming. And it's just such, it's such a, like a weird, but yet rewarding time for anyone that is interested in hearing the music because my whole thing, as I got into my, you know, earlier twenties, when I had money to buy stuff is that's the stuff I would, that I would go after. I'd look for the hard to find stuff because of course I was more of the, the music curator. So it wasn't so much that I had the Japanese release, the, the, Australian release, the European release. I didn't, I didn't really care about collecting different ver- uh, versions or different ones. It was you the fact that something's different. Yes. And um, I think the only reason why I ever bought a second version of like a prayer on CD is because in, I believe in, I have to look, I believe it's in Spain, but on the back, it says pray for Spanish eyes. And on the American release, it says Spanish eyes. So oh. I wanted to, ver- <laughs> I have two versions of the album for that reason. Um, well, in, ca- but- in case anyone was curious, curious, the song is Pray for Spanish Eyes and you can't tell me otherwise. That what? is what it is. And I don't. That's I, not how it was originally released though. I know, but in my <laughs> mind that. Well, that's you just can have opinion. that as long as I can have that I'm Breathless is her fifth studio album. Yeah, of course it is. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad you agree. <laughs> I I know that's that's been debated literally since the dawn of time, and it's like, well, of course it is. I mean, it's kind of a concept album, but yeah, it's a studio yeah. album. Brand new songs. It's got nothing. One of nothing biggest... had been released before. Yeah, yeah. Biggest song of her career is on there. I think people yeah. just like to debate little minor things, but that is kind right. of that. That's fan culture. What What has been the most difficult part of doing your podcast? Uh, most difficult thing, I think. Uh, 
well, one, sometimes the workload of it can get to be difficult, but that's kind of what I said before. You, I think you and I share a mindset of we want everything to, you know, come out at a certain time. We want to, you know, if I say it's going to be out on the 17th, it better damn well be out on the 17th, (laughs) if not a day before. Like that's, that's how my mind works. I'm a really deadline oriented person. I'm a really organized person that that's just me. I almost to the point of like OCD a little bit. So that just is how I operate in general with anything. And this is no different. So I think it's it, the most difficult thing probably is just the pressure that I put on myself. I, I, I find, I find myself really agreeing with what you had to say earlier. Like that's, I certainly felt that way sometimes. And, you know, sometimes the things that, the things that people say, the things we always, Justin, and I always laugh about the fact that we look at the immaculate podcast as like part one of the reception and then part two of the reception, part one being before COVID and part two being after, because like, despite not putting out regular episodes last year, we got the same amount of streams the previous year when we were putting them out all the time. I think people were home and very willing to be very persnickety about things. (laughs) Like, Oh my goodness. Wow. You really took the time to think that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, it's funny because I, I, that's when I discovered your podcast was last year. A lot of people did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I found inside the groove, I was following some Madonna group on Facebook. And I remember inside the groove when that premiered, I was like, Oh, let me listen to that. And then when you listen to that, they say, Oh, if you listen to this, you should check out this. And then Mm -hmm. I started check. I found all the other ones and then it was like, what else exists out there? So I, I found a couple of the others. So there's a lot now. Yeah. And so when I was originally thinking about doing this, I started listening. I was like, Oh, I like kind of what they're doing. That might be around the same same vibe if I were to do a podcast that's kind of what I would want to do and then as I after I recorded my first episode and I start listening to even more episodes I'm like oh wait there and that was one of the other things that I overthink about is like well I don't want to repeat exactly what somebody else has done I don't want it for sure the same because I don't want it to be too much of a comparison right I just want it to be supplemental to you don't want it to be reductive as Madonna would say (laughs) (laughs) I'll look that one up yeah, well, they won't we all? Haven't we all looked up the word reductive once or twice? No, I listen, I totally get that. And that's kind of like we always have sort of stayed in like I love listening to what you do, what every what everybody else does, because I I find it so interesting, everybody's perspectives. Like, I mean, you know, inside the groove, like the what Edward does there, he first oh, of all, wow. he's just a he's a super nice guy. Mm-hmm. Like he's just amazing. And his level of musical knowledge is something I lack, like thousand percent lack, don't know anything about. So as a fan, I look forward to every episode. Like he's incredible. And MLVC, the guests that they've gotten, like, right. I mean, I know, I know Stefan personally, and I know now Tony as well. And, you know, the just level of effort that they put into that and it's pretty incredible and they've gotten some great people. So I'm also, I'm a fan of everybody else. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I, I just remember like I was listening to their episodes and I hadn't gotten to like, they have so many episodes out. I had to do a lot of catch up and I'll also give this recommendation. Anyone listening to my podcast, feel free to listen to it at 1.8 speed because that's what I had to do to catch up. So, you know, like you have these hour long episodes and if I listen to it at 1.8 speed, I can, I could still, I could still 
make out everything that they're saying. It's, it's not like, um, you know, it's so distorted that I can't tell, but it just helps me absorb it, the information more. That is so fascinating. You know, one of my my friend Al, who appeared on, he went to see Madame X with us, and I'm mm-hmm. sure he'll be listening. He one time listened to the podcast at 2x speed. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, he was like, why does this episode sound like chipmunks? Like, what's going on? <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I think you just hit the wrong button. <laughs> So that was, that was a funny, it was just a funny little, you made me think of that. Well, one of the other things, and another reason why I bring up the speed and encourage listeners if they want is because one of the things you talked about, maybe getting some feedback. Um, I was in Miami recently and I met someone from Russia who was also like really big into Madonna and we became like friends and we hung out there and everything. And he, I said, I have a podcast. You should check it out. And I have a droid. I don't have an Apple phone, so I don't listen to my on Apple. I, podcasts. I'm hearing all the all the gay gas right now that I have a Android. But um, well, people shouldn't judge because of that. <laughs> that's that, that's that. You want to know what's reductive? That's reductive, and you can you can I quote think so me too. on that. <laughs> and I think people just like to give me a hard time. But I had I him pull probably. up um, Apple Podcast. And pulled it up and I saw I had two reviews on there. I was like, oh, I have two reviews. I wasn't expecting (laughs) at least one. One person gave a five star review, but they like completely trashed the show. And then the other person trashed my, the way I talked on the show and they gave me one star. Wow. And I started getting like really upset about it too. I was, I was like, I'm showing this, I'm in Miami. I met this person from Russia. I'm trying to tell him I have a podcast to go listen to it. And that's the first thing he's going to see when he pulls it up. It's going to, you know, it might influence his decision on whether or not he listens or not. And so, um, one person like said, I use ums and ahs a lot, which I won't disagree with you, but you know, it's my anxiety. I I'm on the spot. It's, it's to me, I feel it's a little bit natural and believe me, I spent, I've spent hours trying to edit a lot of those out. Um, so yeah, I've, <laughs> sometimes I've gotten, it's hard. listen, I've gotten similar, I've gotten similar reviews. So I, I, I understand that. And that's, it, it, it does, it does make you feel some sort of way. And I can't, I, I can't honestly stand here, Wayne, and tell you that like, it doesn't, it doesn't not hurt your feelings, but it doesn't make you kind of reconsider the decisions that you make. I mean, gosh, if you look at our reviews on iTunes, you would think that uh, the Immaculate Podcast was a musical podcast and that I just sang every episode <laughs> from start to finish, which I mean, still still to this day, there's there's one person on there who continually likes to go back and revise their review over and over and talk about my singing. And I'm just like, my goodness, oh, wow. two, two, two years later, and you're still like, that's just you're still on that. You're still you're still on that two years later. Like that's it boggles my mind. But yeah, I mean, listen, I it certainly affects me. It didn't clearly didn't stop me, but it definitely it does affect you sometimes. Yeah. And it's I don't know if you've experienced the the thing where there's I, I've gotten some like live fact checking where people will record audio of what I've said on the podcast and then they will like live fact check me as that goes. And that wow. was that, that kind of, that was like a post, Justin and I talk about the post COVID thing. Like that was definitely a post COVID thing where we were both getting messages from a couple of people who would like literally record what we said and then submit their rebuttal to us. And wow. it's like, oh, well, I, I, I wish that I could go back and change 
change what I said. Cause I mean, listen, we all make mistakes or we, mm-hmm. you know, just say that, you know, dress you up went to number, you know, five when it went to, and I'm again, please don't, <laughs> I, I can't recall the stats off my head, but let's say it went to number five, but it really went to number nine or something like yeah. that. It's like, Oh, well, you know, it, it happens. We all, we're human beings. We all make mistakes. And I, I'm pretty sure, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think you're getting paid to do this. Are you? No, it actually cost me money to do this. So. Same. So there. So it's a, it's a hobby, and it's here exactly. for fun. So when when Madonna starts paying me, then I will gladly go back and fix my little my my little chart fuck ups. <laughs> well, I I guess I messed something up because that was one of the other the person that gave me five stars. And if they're listening to this, they'll probably go back and change it to one star. Um, but they gave me five stars. But they said. Uh, too many inaccuracies, way too many inaccuracies. And for me, I'm kind of the person like, I, I don't like to get things wrong. I, even though I know a lot of this stuff, um, just from historical knowledge of living during that time when all this stuff was happening, I, um, I encourage my listeners to send me, Hey, if I got that wrong, send it to me. I'll make a correction on the next episode. I don't mind doing that because I like to you know, redline me all you want, like, go ahead and give me the feedback. Um, but I, when they said way too many inaccuracies, I'm like, well, send me a list. I, yeah. I'm oh, happy sure. to, to go back and fact check. One of the, like, one of the things was, um, they said, well, you said Drown World was the last track on GHV2 and it's not, it's music. And I'm like, okay, well, if you understood the context of the conversation, one, we were three sheets to the wind. We were drunk when we did this. And two, um, if you listen to the context of what we were saying is we talked about how, like, we don't really listen to GHV2 because we don't necessarily think that was a, a project that kind of held much ground compared to Immaculate Collection. So I don't, I honestly don't know the track list of GHV2 because I never listened to it. The only thing good to me about GHV2 is uh, the artwork for me, the artwork, the artwork was pretty <laughs> great on GHV yeah. too. I loved, I, I loved that. I, I like the little compilation and montage of clips, but no, I, you, listen, I totally, I totally hear what you're saying. And trust me when I, yeah, I've heard it all. So no, nothing <laughs> you, not nothing you say would shock me. Well, by I feel reception. bad because I think when I first started listening to your podcast, I did send a correction Oh, well, um, I mean, trust me, correction, please. That it, it never, I just always, I, I guess my story earlier, I should point out, I just found it fascinating that somebody like had the time to re-record the podcast and then re-record audio corrections. I was like, that is, insane. that is, that's, that's dedication right there. And if I, they had an ax to grind against, like if they had something against you, I could see why they might do that. But I don't know. I guess they, guess they don't want to have their own podcast, so they well, want that, that to that just was, take you that was actually that was actually my suggestion i said well listen your commentary and i was like this is genuine from the heart i was like your yeah. commentary is really insightful so if you would like to know how to start a podcast for by all means like i <laughs> you you know i'm more than willing to help like i very nicely offered to tell this person how to start a podcast and then they blocked me i was like okay well, i love that's that fine. That's that's and see, fine. Like, I did the I, same, I'm, and you I'm 100% and I genuine. <laughs> yeah, so here you are. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like I'm, I enjoy doing this, and I really like to talk to people, and I really like to help people. That's just me. So, like, I, 
you know, I help kids develop writing and all of those skills for a living. So very open to criticism, but no, nothing, nothing that you would ever say about that sort of thing in the reception of a podcast or what people say reviews. None of that shocks me. And I, I can't tell you like, oh my gosh, Wayne, brush it off because it, it does sting in the moment, but then you just kind of move yeah. on to the next thing. And I've moved on. I mean, yeah, I, I still hold a grudge. I'm, I, I'm one of those people. <laughs> like, I'll never forget it. Is what I should say. I'm. I've moved past it. I understand people are going to leave comments. Sometimes it's negative. I just sent a negative review to Waze yesterday because it took me in roundabout directions in order Waze to get somewhere work. I was supposed to go. <laughs> so you know, like, I I get it. I'm open to it. Please, I, ha- I, 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 have encourage- to t- I have to tell you, Wayne, I have, this is where I will say we differ. I've never felt encouraged to leave a negative review for anything in my oh. life. I just don't care that much. <laughs> I'm well, just like, okay, well, if it pisses me off in the moment, like it'll piss me off and I'll just move on with my day. But I get it. It is a release. It is a release valve. I'm sure for people. Yes. You're an angel. That's what I said. Ooh, you're an angel. Thank you. Thank you. You can just you can just keep tell please tell give me more song lyrics here. I will try. That's been the hardest thing. And that's the thing about like not growing up with a Madonna Madonna friend. Like I have these lyrics and these references in my head, and when I've spewed them out throughout the years, people wouldn't get them. So I just stopped doing it. So I'm a little bit out of practice. I was sort of glad that I didn't when I was younger because mm-hmm. I, I I always like to say I contrived most of my personality based off of Madonna and Truth or Dare. So the thing <laughs> the things that people probably well I know thought were like funny or witty, like I just totally stole them from Madonna. So God forbid any of those oh. people I was friends with in high school like went back and watched they'd be like, wait, that that guy's not actually like that clever after all. He's just he's just quoting this, you know, 40 some odd year old woman or whatever she might have been at the time. <laughs> She was 31. No, I mean, at the time I was quoting it. So oh, this okay. is like 2003, 2004. I just gasped. Oh, I just no. clutched my not. No, no, no need to gasp. I'm talking contemporaneous <laughs> with when I was saying the things. Um. Well, since you're talking about Truth or Dare, what is your favorite quote from Truth or Dare? Oh, man. Um, the one that I use the most is that would be compromising my artistic integrity. <laughs> I've, I think I've said that in a parent teacher conference before. That's, yeah, that's, that's my favorite hands down. That's my favorite. I think even as like a teenager, when I watched it and heard her say that I laughed like, because it's just a very, um, I love, I love the line and I just felt like it was very, um, I'm trying to think of the right word to say precocious. I don't. I just thought it was like a a a very big thing for her to say, especially like to her dad. I know because that would be compromising my artistic integrity. He's like, of course. (laughs) He, he got it though. Tony, Tony Chacon didn't say it. It didn't say anymore. (laughs) (laughs) He just, he just was worried about getting tickets to that show and what nights he could go and, you know, supplying the tickets to Martin. So exactly. While she ate her, whatever that, Wonderful. I don't know what she was eating at. Out of it was that. like a terrine of like vegetable soup. It, they, it had to have been. It looked delicious. I hope so. <laughs> it looked delicious. And all it's black and white glory. Yeah, I don't know what my favorite quote would be. It's just like there's, you know, what's funny is my favorite quote is a quote that anybody can say. It's after she sprays chloroseptic in her mouth 37 times and slams it down and says, motherfucker. 
That's my favorite line. Because there was just so much like power behind it. And she was just so pissed off of like everything that's happening. She's like, her throat doesn't work. Her mics don't work. Her, her headset cuts out. And she's just like so upset. And there are so was... many little things that could have fucked up. And boy, did yeah. they. Yeah. Halfway through getting into the groove, the monitors went off on stage and she couldn't hear herself. And, and you're just standing around. The show's over with. <laughs> oh, man, we could do this all day. Oh, my gosh. Um, well, speaking, I, I'm going to continue talking about Truth or Dare because. Of course. You had one of my favorite guests on your show. And my that mother. is your mother. Yes. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Michelle. I thought it like my mom and your mom are totally different opposites when it came to Madonna because my mom, she wanted me to have nothing to do with Madonna. Did you, if you don't mind me asking, did you like grow up in a kind of conservative family or religious family or something like Not that? Not really. Okay. I mean, you know, we if went that's to too church. personal, I apologize. No, no, no. no. <laughs> it's not, not personal at all. Oh, please. No. <laughs> um, you know, we, we weren't, I think, it's just, and I grew up with two older sisters and my mom. And I think my mom just had this idea of this is what a lady is supposed to act like. Meanwhile, my mom's like farting and walking around the house in her bra, but like, <laughs> so she's just like Madonna. She, well, I think that's what it is, is. She's probably more like Madonna than she thinks she was. And I don't know. I don't know if there was a certain amount of um, disdain that, my that madonna could make a career out of this and my mom is you know working two jobs and raising three kids but still my rooms were wallpapered with madonna posters madonna uh, magazine clippings and i listened to her all the time i come home from school i mean i didn't have that many cassettes that i'd listen to like a prayer my you know the singles the singles Madonna was my world, Madonna. And so to hear your mom come on the show and talk about how she just like loved Madonna and, and From loved this one. movie. And you got to see this movie as a child and my yeah. mom refused to let me see it. I had to wait till it was on HBO and uh, watch it in secret. The dynamic is so different. Yeah, I mean, my my mom is just, and and my dad too. I mean, I didn't have my dad on the show because I don't think my dad would be interested in a podcast. But my dad, <laughs> my my dad's very much the same way. My parents both with anything, and the same goes for my sister too. I have a younger sister, and um, anything that we were interested in, whether it was Madonna, whether it was comic books, whether my sister was really into like you know just doing her like things with her girlfriends, whatever right. we were interested in, my parents were a hundred percent behind that. They were always super encouraging of our interest, interests, and it didn't hurt, in my case, that my mom and I shared this love of music, this love of going to concerts, and in particular, Madonna. Like, my mom dragged my dad to see Madonna with her on the Virgin Tour. Like, in, she, I, my mom was just, like, she was that girl, and my dad was like, I don't really remember anything other than that your mom really wanted to go to see Madonna, <laughs> so they went to see Madonna, and that's just, my mom was always into her, and my dad was always kind of, uh, with my mom as well, I mean, my parents aren't together anymore, but my dad was always super supportive of, like, their own hobbies and their own interests so i think testament to my parents like parenting skills it just kind of came naturally to yeah. them to just whatever it was how bizarre it might have been whatever i was into they're like all right well we're just gonna go with this because it makes him happy and it makes my sister happy and yeah. uh, again i just feel really not to keep 
talking about how fortunate I feel, but I really do. Cause my, and the second I said, well, mom, I want you to come on the podcast. She's like, all right, I'll be there. Like my mom just, she's, yeah. she's, my mom is up for anything. So we had to bring her on again for MDNA. Cause that was a, that was a hard show to talk That's about. Amazing. It was a hard episode to talk about. So we had to, we had to bring on some levity and my mom was a great, a great source of that. <laughs> <laughs> now did, I can't remember. Um, but you or your mom see the blonde ambition tour? No, neither of us did. No. I mean, I was, I was three. Yeah. I was, I was three and my mom was well raising a three-year-old. So her, her concert going days kind of stopped when my sister and I were younger, but then, you know, she and my dad would go see concerts and stuff like that. I also, if I'm not mistaken, and again, I'm sure someone will tell me, I, I know that Madonna canceled at least one of the Blonde Ambition Tour dates in Philadelphia, so I don't think she played as many as she was supposed to. I think the throat, uh, the right. throat issues yeah. were going on then, so I think maybe there were like three scheduled and she did two, something of the effect. My mom was definitely interested. She really wanted to go see the girly show, but it was just that one show in Philadelphia and the tickets sold out instantly. That was also the same time that the Phillies, the Philadelphia Phillies, our baseball team were playing the world series in Philadelphia. The same night Madonna was playing the girly show. Yeah. There's a great clip of her from our local news station. I've been trying to dig it out of her singing everybody at the end, wearing a Philadelphia Phillies Jersey because they were playing the world series. Literally like they're the stadium and the arena are in this they share a parking lot so it was like bedlam and my mom was like nah i'm not doing that (laughs) that's like kind of amazing though yeah it was it was it's a really cool same exact time yeah and i mean you know i always like to brag that philadelphia is the only city other than new york that madonna's visited on every tour and i mean you know i know some people are like well she didn't technically do new york on blonde ambition it was long island but we're gonna count it we're gonna count of course (laughs) why wouldn't you i i i would like to (laughs) So we, <laughs> Philly loves Madonna. And I'm sure Madonna loves Philly. Apparently I'm so. sure she has a cheesesteak every time she goes. <laughs> she, you Honestly, I wouldn't put it past her. <laughs> well, it's probably won't be as bad as how she said she never had pizza when she was in New York. Well, she did. But you know what? She did eat that <laughs> eat that delicious slice of pizza when she was on David Letterman with her Parmesan she cheese. Did. She I watched her sprinkle the cheese on there and she wanted black olives on a on a uh, plain tomato pie. I thought that was interesting. Know, so I've weird, often but... I've often thought of ordering it like that just to give it a try. I like a lot of cheese, so <laughs> yeah but the, you were probably losing listeners they're probably like what the fuck we don't care about your, <laughs> your habits and cheese no so we want to talk about I have, a, I, have a, I have a question i have a question for you sure um you brought up truth or dare and it made me think when we're kind of broaching into this whether it's um you know the biopic or now we're the metamax tour film but mostly the biopic do you think that we will ever get another documentary style like film from Madonna? I hope not. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well, I think I think Madame X is supposed to do that. Madame X is supposed to be. I think that there are supposed. Style, yeah, right? there's supposed. I think that there are definitely supposed to, at the very least, be like some vignettes of what went on behind, kind yeah. of like the, all the other tours of like recent times, where like they'll give you that like twenty thirty right. minute making of section. 
which I would love to see. I mean, she did share a lot of it on Instagram, but to have it all condensed together, I think would be really neat. I love watching her process. Like you could just put a camera on the wall and I would just literally like to watch her rehearse, run through the songs, learn. I find that stuff fascinating. I I don't know if a lot of people do, but yeah, that's the stuff I like. So, I mean, truth or dare, I don't feel like can ever be replicated. Like that was that we're never going to see that level of, but I think, you know, she was aware that the camera was on her. She let some mm-hmm. things go. She was very controlled around some of the things. And then I think with like, I'm going to tell you a secret. I felt like it was a little bit more. Um, I might get some flack for this, but like a little bit self-righteous in some ways. Well, where... Alec, uh, Alec Kashishian certainly uh-huh. That she was. I, <laughs> I read, and I, I think I even posted and I a clip of it to Instagram that, you know, he, the idea when she came to him with the, because, you know, she wanted initially him to record that. And he was like, I think what you're, what you're looking for is just like trying to make an apology for truth or dare. And I do feel like in a certain, not a hundred percent an apology, but I think it was just at a time in Madonna's life, I'm going to tell you a secret that um she was really trying to her hardest to present this uh, family oriented image i mean right 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 on down to the children's books uh, spirituality for kids with kabbalah you know she was esther at this time and i i am not in the my uh, the majority of people who thinks that that was a put on like i think whoever madonna is at that time is 100 who she is and she's lived a thousand different lives and they're all the authentic representation of her in that moment. But I'm not sure that that lends itself to an interesting like documentary, especially when you had truth or dare, which literally is the blueprint for a rock doc. Like that, right. that's what it is. And she exposed herself in a way that was controlled, but like controlled chaos. I always think of truth or dare. Yeah. And for me also, you know, I liked seeing the process. So the thing that I liked about Blind Ambition is that you did get to see a lot of the behind the scenes and you oh, did yeah. get to see kind of the issues that were happening with the show, whether it was with her throat, whether it was being getting ready to get arrested in Toronto, um, to the Dating Vatican Warren Beatty. Man of her show. <laughs> What'd you say? Dating, Dating Warren, Warren Beatty. Beatty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that too. And it, it was just, you know, it was uh, a a golden age for Madonna where I think with, I'm going to tell you a secret or anything beyond that. I feel like it's more of her trying to show us too much. Her pro like the project that she's working on, you know, it was about reinvention tour, but so little of that. And it was more towards the beginning of the film was about the show itself. And then the rest was about her family and her children and, you know, her children and, you know, going to Israel which is interesting, which is interesting in a certain regard, because that's who she was at the time and that's who she wanted to show. I, I would be fascinated if she were to do another documentary. Now, I, I mean, we get these glimpses on Instagram and we get these, even though, you know, Ricardo Gomez is shooting mm-hmm. a lot of them for her. We we do get a really good fly on the wall perspective. I'm always fascinated what her life is like. I'm always, I don't know, call me crazy, but I've just always been 
I'm always curious to see, like, read the barometer of Madonna in the moment yeah. and see where she's at. Because that, for me, then also kind of portends to what she's going to do in the future with recording or with... It's like you can kind of almost see where the next project's going to go based on her state of mind. Right. In, like, what's coming up before. And I feel like that's true with any artist. But I feel like Madonna wears her heart on her sleeve a lot of the time. Despite her reputation of being very cold and very guarded, I almost sometimes think it's the opposite. I think you can really... There's a way in which you can get to know who she is through her art. Yeah. If that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. I just don't want to see two hours of Esther and Stella dancing. <laughs> oh, That's come on. what I don't no. want to see. Like, I, well, I feel you know like what? if I... she tries to do uh, I'm Going to Tell You Secret Part 2, I think it's just going to be very focused heavily on her children, which I, I, I love that she's a mother and I love that she encourages her kids to, to do what they want. And from that aspect, great. I love it. But if I'm going to see like a, a, a documentary of Madame X, I want to hear about her process, her, what the show is like, you know, her wow. with her, her ailing knee. Um, I kind of want to <laughs> see those moments because, you know, it took a lot out of her. This was a new, new sure. format for her being in a theater. Um, Offer. Yeah. The, the, the times where they lowered the iron curtain so that she couldn't perform like going through that stuff. Like that's the stuff I want to see. I want to see Madonna's reaction to that stuff. I don't necessarily oh, yeah. want to see some sort of like presentation about, I mean, she's going to put out what she puts out. I'll watch it regardless. I'll applaud it regardless, but I just, I want to see more of her reaction to like what's going on versus um, her just presenting us with, with kind of this, perfect image um of her life well i don't think we're gonna get to see anything until at least 2027 at the rate this is going so you're right (laughs) do you see that she just posted something recently i i haven't i've been it was just like this old picture of someone laying in someone's lap and the person that's laying in someone's lap looks like they're crying and saying I want Madame X. And oh yeah, oh, yeah, that yeah. One. She put she put that up. I I didn't know specifically what you're talking about. Yes, I have seen that, and I thought that was really funny. And I love when Madonna trolls us. So <laughs> I know it makes I know it makes people mad, but I I don't know. No, I, I love think it it's too funny. because it's it I think means it's that funny. she's acknowledging us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and that's I mean I think that's interesting with Madonna as compared to some of the other like artists that I'm into is that Madonna has a very interesting relationship with her fans, which I think the fans, I don't want to say the expectations are unrealistic because I think they're only unrealistic as compared to other people, but Madonna's not other people. So it's like, I'm fully like everybody, trust me, like people are constantly asking, when do you think the Madame X DVD is going to come out? What are your, the tour film or Blu-ray or whatever you want to call it? And I'm like, I I just give them every day. Today I said it was 2027. Tomorrow (laughs) I might say it's 2032. Cause at this point in time, whenever she's going to give it to us is when she's going to give it to us. And I think she thinks it's hilarious that people are so like desirous. I, do I wish that it would have already come out? Hell yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah. I want to see it again, but uh, there's no, I think the more that, uh, the more people ask for it, the more she's going to just dangle <laughs> the carrot, keep us on the hook. She'll cancel the project and then we'll never she'll shelve it and then we'll never see it yeah so there you go you'll have to go to her house to see it maybe <laughs> maybe you'll maybe this uh we'll invite it invite for special there. viewings that's fine I'll, I'll work my way up the food chain i'm <laughs> I'm, I'm ready i'm eager <laughs> so what do you think about 
Madonna's Instagram presence? I don't really have a problem with it. Well, I mean, do you like it? Do you like this, the content? Yeah, I, I, I do. Do you feel like I, she's I, on par with like what other people are doing? I mean, I know it doesn't matter, but you know, the, I like the fact that we get regular content so we can see. I, yeah, I do too. Because otherwise I mean, it's not, like we have to wait two years before we hear anything about what's going on with what she's doing. I, as you know, somebody who's been a fan since the nineties, I mean, I'm, I haven't been there since 83, but I, I've been there since the nineties. And um, I, I think it's, interesting that at this point in her life she is so prolifically sharing i think that a lot of people's complaint is that that demystifies her and listen i can see that sometimes like sometimes i don't want to know all of that but i'm always in the camp regardless of like you know my mood might strike and i might be like oh my god that's such a dumb post or wow she really said that but (laughs) on the whole if i'm being like just looking at her instagram presence and her social media presence i'm i'm i just love that she just keeps doing it and just really doesn't truly doesn't care what people think and that's the that's the most madonna thing of all and that's the person who from the time that i was you know a a child has inspired me to not care what people think so i'm looking at it at you know my point in my fandom i'm like well no i don't necessarily think that she should be posting every five minutes but like if that's what makes her happy (laughs) and that's what she wants to do more fucking power to exactly. like what what do i care basically I, I and i i like a lot of it because just what we were talking about before i would attribute like 20 percent of it to her just trolling people because she knows that it gets a reaction right. and you know you know they were saying in her 30s sit down grandma and all mm-hmm. those things so there's there's a lot of ageism that's involved with all of that and i don't want to sound like madonna but it's it's very true that's there are a lot of accusations and a lot of things that would be said about somebody like her that in comparison to what I do, and I'll, I'll make the reference here to someone like Stevie Nicks, who I am covering currently on that podcast, the way that people view Madonna aging versus the way they view somebody Stevie Nicks aging, you know, she's not confrontational. Stevie's not in your face, but that's never been her personality. Right. So why would it be now? That has always been Madonna's personality since 1982, 83, yeah. like do you really expect her to be any different? I, that's what baffles me sometimes about people's criticisms. I'm like, well, did you really expect her to be any different? <laughs> like, and as much as I would like, you know, just die if she did that amazing stripped down show of my dreams where it's just Madonna and a band, which I've been dying for. I know I'm not going to get that. And why would I expect it? Yeah. And well, that's my thing too, is like, sometimes I'll see something on our story or, in her feed where, you know, whether it's her wearing a grill again or making out with well, her boyfriend the on the couch. And I'm her boyfriend just kind too. of like, I, I'm, I will like, I'm like, Oh, okay. Uh, but I mean, Instagram is sort of like a passing moment anyway, right? You get that, that 30 seconds into their life and then you move on to the next post. So if you don't like it, mm-hmm. you know, trip the station, change the channel, that, scroll your feed. Quote, to quote the icon herself i like that that's where we i like that phrasing (laughs) yeah um well let me ask you this since you have done your podcast and i know that i think you mentioned in your show that sometimes you like to go back and and listen back so i do that too after i've done recording i will go back and listen to the whole show well one to make sure i didn't make any editing mistakes but two same (laughs) to to make sure i don't sound like an idiot and same (laughs) but 
Has your perspective changed on any Madonna project since like before you did the show and then after? I think the thing that has changed for me the most is I have a bigger, deeper appreciation for the early stuff. I have always, I think in my Madonna fandom, because and, you know, people who've listened to my show, I know you know this as well. I became a fan, right? I mean, you know, I knew Madonna when I was younger and my mom grew up with her, but really a fan at Ray of Light. Madonna at the time of Ray of Light was very, very dismissive of her early work. So therefore, right. me wanting to be just like Madonna as an 11-year-old, I was very dismissive of Madonna's early work. Like, yeah, <laughs> I had the first album. I had like a version. But when Madonna said Material Girl was a stupid song, so I have to think Material Girl was a stupid song. And guess what? Material Girl is not a stupid song. It's a great song. And I love it. And I feel as though, you know, my initial takes on some of the early stuff i always think about gosh i would love to go back and like revisit some of that because over the last year or so in particular i've gotten really into that early original madonna the rubber bracelets the lace the hair bows like that is just it it's the synthesis of madonna and it's so well known and like what the everybody thinks of when they think of her that i don't even appreciate it but I don't know. I've, I've really come to appreciate that. I love that. Like, I'm really obsessed with the Virgin Tour. I always kind of underrated the Virgin Tour. I was like, okay, like, whatever. It's her first go round. It's not as theatrical as the other shows. But you rewatch that now, and you can't take your eyes off of her. Right. Like, that is true, unbridled. Yeah. raw. T- it's raw talent. And if anybody ever questions why she is successful, was successful, whatever the case may be, go back and watch that. I wish that was more widely available. I assume at some point it will be. I mean, I, I still have like a DVD rip of it from my old VHS. So that's how I watch it. But that, that period I have really undergone a reevaluation of, I like the early stuff a lot. If you want a better copy of the Virgin tour, I can get you one because, um, they were preparing to put them on DVD. They were preparing to put that and Bond of Mission on DVD. So they had gone through and did whatever scan. They prepared it for DVD. So I have it in like actual DVD quality. Well, you have my address. You have my address. Send it on over. (laughs) I just got to find that file because I have like a million DVDs that have Madonna files on there. And I just have to go through them and find it. But yes, I have that in the Bond of Mission tour. Well, well, now I want to I want to flip the same question to you since you asked me. In doing your podcast, have you reevaluated something? Is there something that you love now that you didn't before? I am hoping that I will be by the end of this. I would say so far, no. Every because I feel I have recorded up through. Uh, I'm breathless, right? So yeah, so you're still in the as I like to call it the imperial period. Yes, like this is the this is the empire period of Madonna. <laughs> The, t- the point when I started questioning things, it was around the time where I'm going to tell you a secret came out. And I remember I, I actually went to the premiere of that. Um, I won tickets through icon and wow. I, I didn't the, realize people actually did those yeah. things. Well, wow. That's was, awesome. During the time where you didn't have to write like a, a three page essay or send a picture or anything like that. It was just like you enter and you can be selected to win. And they randomly and selected I randomly somebody. randomly got selected. I Not only did I win that contest, but I also won the pit passes for Reinvention Tour. So oh, I was like on cloud nine. I would say, I should say so. <laughs> <laughs> I 
drove up to New York. Like it was just one of those one day drive up, drive back days. And I just remember watching that movie and my perspective of her kind of changed because it was more of embracing that she is now this family woman, that she's now concentrated more on her family while she still likes to do her projects with music and movies or whatever. She at the heart of it all is, you know, a down to earth mother of the year. I'm just going to say she was, which she was at the time. And so for me, it was like, okay, um, I understand you're no longer the person in Truth or Dare. So she accomplished what she was doing with I'm Going to Tell You Secret, at least for me. She changed my perspective that she's no longer that bratty diva. Um, I'm no longer going to get that. So I accepted that. And then... Uh, well, now you're now you're getting the bratty diva every day on I know. Instagram. So I, I, so I hope weird. you're happy. Be, be careful what you wish for. I hope you're happy. <laughs> then Confessions I came am. out. Confessions came out. I was a fan of that, but it wasn't until Hard Candy came out, and that's that's when things changed for me. So well, she was getting get... a divorce. She was having fun again. I know, but she had already convinced me that this is what she wanted. So I was I was trying to embrace that, and you know, me myself, like growing into. I think I was turning thirty at the time, so I was mm-hmm. kind of coming into my adulthood yeah, and, you were and you were coming into adulthood at the same time and so your, your journeys kind of yeah. overlapped at that point yeah and so it was just it was just weird to watch her go from that to kind of what she was doing with hard candy and for me that's going to be the one that i hope my mind has changed i has i haven't listened to the album since 2008 so hard candy yeah <laughs> it is my least favorite album Ever. Wow. I mean, I listened to Hard Candy last week, so I, 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 listen, to Hard Can- I listen to Hard Candy all the time. I know. I love it. It's one of your favorites. It is, hands down. And, and I haven't listened to Confession since we recorded the podcast, so there you have it. <laughs> and won't. <laughs> well, here's my thing is I think what I love about other fans, because before, you know, like, again, I didn't have other Madonna fans to talk about, so I just had my own perspective of I mean, of course, there's message boards and stuff like that. I was stubborn and like, oh, well, if you like hard candy, then you're just liking it because Madonna put it out. You're not liking because you really like it. And that my perspective has changed. And that's where I kind of have embraced this. Well, you know, it's good that there's fans that like the things that I don't. That's what makes us more of a comprehensive group together. Because, listen, I can like confessions while you like hard candy. And we get to come together and we can argue about which songs we like and which songs we don't and for sure and why. And it makes it more interesting and more fun. So I think yeah. that's the way Madonna keeps her fans is that she well, has a way to please all of them. I, I will have to interject here and say, I think that's what makes Madonna unique among any artist yeah. because all of her albums are so different sonically, lyrically, all of that stuff. So you can have those debates not to make the comparison again, but I'm doing a podcast about Stevie Nicks. I adore her, but Stevie's solo work and even her work with Fleetwood Mac, it's, it all hangs together really well. Like it's a cohesive. If you listen to all of those albums, there's a cohesive sound, cohesive lyrical style. She doesn't really change it up too much. And that's what I love about her. It's like a comforting shawl of just love and white wing doves there. Like (laughs) Madonna constantly challenges me. And that's why I'm a fan of her. I want that from her. Like when people 
were when Madame X came out a couple, two years ago, which is crazy that it's two years ago next month. You know, people were not, you know, there were, I'd say like 50% of people that were on board with it and 50% that were like, why isn't this a disco record? Why isn't it a dance album? You suck. And <laughs> I'm like, she has always flipped the script. She's always changed things. There's every album is such a cohesive, different thing right. that you can, like I always said, you can, there's a flavor for everybody. Like everybody, it's like going to an ice cream shop. Like you can have a candy shop, candy shop. so to speak. <laughs> really? I, they, there you go. You can have something different, but that's, there are very, very, very few artists out there that change their sound and their image that much. So like we, as a fan base, I feel don't like it's, we're spoiled. Because yes. we've gotten so much. We've gotten so, so, so many different things over the years that as compared to some other fan bases, I'm like, wow, we are really like lucky as Madonna fans. Yeah. We've gotten a lot over the years. And I'll continue to complain that Blonde Ambition has not been officially released. Yeah, of course. I mean, we'll be complaining. At, well, yeah, you'll be complaining about till the day you die. So, I mean, they're, they're, <laughs> they'll put that on your tombstone. <laughs> uh one of the things I wanted to talk about is you've mentioned in your show that you're also like a big Prince fan. Yes, very much so. So it's funny. Um, one of my previous guests, we used to live in Minneapolis, so they wow. called it like the principality. And because it is. <laughs> right. In that episode, we like talked a really long time about Prince and I had to cut it all out because of timing. But I always found that there was always this Madonna and Prince connection, even when their projects weren't together. So, you know, during her whole, like, uh, bedtime story, something to remember, that's when Prince came out with the gold experience. Very R&B. Right. And it was, um, and I think they were at the Fashion Awards together. Yes. For VH1. So it was, it's just so weird that their paths always seem to cross and always seem to have, like, projects out around the same time. Um, yeah, they always found their way back to each other, which yeah. is, I'd, I'd like to take a moment here to correct something I said two years ago, which is that they hadn't been in touch. And in fact, they met up again on the Rebel Heart Tour. Right. I've, 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 I've heard that a lot. Of, I've heard a lot over the years of, uh, but they did. I'm like, oh my gosh, I forgot. And like 10 minutes later, I felt like a big dummy. So here we go again. <laughs> you ready for those, those uh, DMs? I'm I'm ready. I mean, listen, I will happily answer them. I just forgot. But yeah, I mean, there has always been an intersection between the two of them. And then to make a triple thing, you know, the trajectory of Stevie Nicks and Prince for me has always been interesting yeah. too, with him working on the song Stand Back and, you know, they're them inspiring songs about one another. And that's, that's fascinating to me too. I mean, Prince was just, I would say he's the only other artist at least that i admire that has a similar um i guess kind of catalog to madonna in the sense that he constantly changed the sound it was mm -hmm. constantly different projects different looks different for prince different bands different groups that whether it was yeah. revolution the new power generation third eye girl yep. i mean there are all sorts of different iterations but the one thing that ties it together is prince and the one thing that ties madonna together is madonna and it's no wonder that the two of them had this like creative synergy, even if, like you said, they weren't directly working together. There, there are some, a lot of really interesting parallels. It was funny because um, he had a song called Beautiful Strange that came out before yes. Beautiful Stranger. And I remember, I like Beautiful that song Stranger, a lot, actually. It's, it's a really good song. And I remember when Madonna's Beautiful Stranger came out. 
I don't know if he made the comment on his website or in an article. He said, Madonna, stop stealing my song titles. Yes, I remember that. And I remember, th- and I remember, th- I remember thinking like, wow, he's like acknowledging Madonna. He yeah. hasn't said anything about her since, you know, he changed his name to the symbol and <laughs> felt she wasn't supporting him and dinner with Dolores and all that stuff. Well, so. And there was that whole, like, he wrote an open letter to Madonna. Oh, yes. It was on his about, website. About you know, getting his catalog back and her mm-hmm. trying to help him. I don't think she ever acknowledged it, but nope. I just, I love that connection because I'm, well, my ex was a huge Prince fan. So all the stuff that's coming out now from his vaults and stuff had already been yeah. leaked. And I, I have heard probably 99% Most of, of it. it. Yeah. Yeah. So, Same. and I just, I do love that connection because, well, particularly because I was the Madonna fan and he was the Prince fan. It was, it was a good kind of like combination where we could like, work off each other we'd go see a print show then we'd go to see a madonna show it's my biggest regret is not not being able to not seeing prince but it just the timing never the yeah. timing never worked out the what the one the most recent time he was in philadelphia i was on vacation so it, it just didn't work <laughs> and i think i saw him on the tour uh, i think like within i think it was within six to eight months before he passed is when wow, I last that, saw him. the piano and the microphone tour uh yeah. Or the one that was. I think it was that. the one before that. I mean, they all kind of blend together. <laughs> yeah, it was in DC. I just remember that. Um, That's cool. And it was at a theater I'd never been to, so I don't remember the name of it. But like, I think Prince is a brilliant musician, a brilliant live performer. Um, I I wish that he and Madonna collaborated more. I know. Because love song is kind of a like a whiff of a song. I like it, but it's more of a jam session than a real song. And so. I remember, uh, and I mentioned this in one of my previous episodes, and this came from uh, Kat. She was one of the background singers slash dancers for Prince during Sign of the Time and Love Sexy, that Madonna was supposed to be in Graffiti Bridge. But yeah, they had and a they meeting with Ingrid Chavez. Yeah. yeah. And they had a meeting about it, and and her and Kat were supposed to do a dance-off or something. I just remember that, that was is... the conversation that happened in a meeting room. According to Cat. According to Cat. Well, I mean, she would be she would be someone who would know. <laughs> right? What is your favorite Prince album? Uh favorite Prince album. Uh probably Parade. Okay. I I really the whole just sound for that album. I mean, wh- my favorite thing Prince ever did was the Vanity Six album. That's my favorite thing Prince mm. ever created. So I obsessed with vanity. So that was always mine. I love a lot of Prince's collaborations with other people. I love his work with Sheila E. Obviously, whatever he did with Sheena, anything he did with Sheena Easton. Um, You know, the other, I'm going to give you an underrated album. I also liked the, um, oh God, why am I, gosh, I just totally like it went in my mind and went out. Oh, that acoustic um, album that he did one night alone that came with the one night alone tour, like the uh, live album. I always thought that, I always thought that was really just like a cool thing to have in the background at a dinner party. And I've done it many times and people are always like, what is this? this?" And I'm like, it's Prince. And they're just stunned. And I also like the Batman soundtrack because that's really my first exposure to Prince. I love comic books and love Batman. And that was my favorite movie as a child. I watched it like 7,000 times. So all of the songs, Party Man, I mean, that's just, that was my childhood right there. So the Batman soundtrack always has. And that also is, I will say, like I'm Breathless, a studio album in the Prince canon. So (laughs) no, no, and nobody disputes that one. 
I my favorite Prince album would have to be Sign of the Time. Oh yeah, I mean, well that's that's kind of I feel like Sign of the Times and Purple Rain exist in yeah. a um like in a world unto themselves. Sign of the Times, they're they're untouchable. Gold Experience and and Purple Rain are probably my favorites. But when you mentioned the acoustic one, the one that I really like is it's called The Truth. Yes, with uh, that came with Crystal Ball. I yes. like that one too. Uh, and it has like the Welcome to the Dawn song on there, and um, I love I love that album. Sometimes I just put that on. And and, that, and weirdly, it's Chaos a good one. Disorder is I like to listen to that one too. Yeah, that's that's never been one for me. But I, uh, I as usual, I appreciate that it exists because, like like Madonna, there like you can literally Prince. Goodness, yeah. I hats off to anybody who would want to do a podcast about Prince because you got your work cut out for you there. They're, like that, that's there. a lot of work. Oh, I know. I mean, the one that the Prince Estate mm-hmm. does, I think, is phenomenal. That's why I there that's just a lot of material to cover <laughs> if, you, if you think madonna is a lot of material prince like times it by 10 well uh one last thing i want to talk to you about is of course your other podcast so yes uh i remember when you started your second podcast for the nostalgia and mm-hmm. i started listening to it and i was like oh i'll come back to this so i can finish some other madonna podcast and then it disappeared no offense to you and then it disappeared and then the only one i could finish was the one about share i know well so for the nostalgia the the problem with that was that i got a lovely little cease and desist letter from motown records saying that i used uh, copyrighted diana ross material so they said either like take it down or we're like i don't know they're going to sue you i don't really i was just like you have used <laughs> copyrighted material it was the crazy I, I like honestly i want to print it and frame it because that was just I, I think that might be one of the peaks of my life is motown contacting me about diana ross like i hope miss ross is not offended by it was a love it was a diana ross love fest and then it just kind of became too time consuming for justin and i to do with covid like we were both just separated we weren't recording them together anymore and it just it got felt to weird. be kind of too yeah. much well it it felt weird and it just felt like too too much and then you know motown chiming in i was like all right this is proud this is probably a good place to stop this but <laughs> oh my gosh we had so much fun doing it. i do like at some point in time it would be fun to do something similar again it's just those copyrighted materials things like that is really it's tough and if you notice on what i'm doing right now with stevie nicks like i really i don't if i'm using a version of a, one of her songs in there because i kind of use them as like interstitials in between my track like overviews it's 15 seconds or less like i'm very fastidious about that now if it's like something that's recorded from the radio that was a bootleg like that doesn't matter but 15 seconds or less that's that's my lesson i've learned in podcasting that seems to that's like you can if it's 15 seconds or less i mean i doubt that warner reprise is listening to uh nixology but if they are call me (laughs) well that's the crazy thing too because when i when i did my my solo episode for the first album or kind of the lead up and the first album, I did intercut some music selections, but I was also worried that I might get told I need to take it down. So I never include anything music. I tend to not do that just for that reason. I don't want it to get Mm -hmm. taken down. Yeah. I, and you know, I think every label and every artist is different Mm -hmm. about that. I, I, I know that, 
like especially we were just talking about prince somebody yeah. like prince is very very i mean you can't even put a prince song up on youtube even like a live recording like that's just an impossibility well, not so, only that but like um if you were well when prince was alive if you, oh they would sue you well if you recorded yourself singing uh two seconds of his song he would have them remove it wow that's that did i didn't know but anything because nope. i went to see the fa- you know the family Yes, of course. I went to family. (laughs) I went to go see them live. Um, Well, they had to change their name because Prince wouldn't let them use the family anymore. So they were. It's like it's like the yeah. The time became the original seven. So it was F Deluxe, and I think was it Sheila E there too? I can't remember. But um, Sheila Sheila E tends to be everywhere. So uh, I know. (laughs) Uh, But I went to go see them, and they sang "Nothing Compares to You," and I posted it to YouTube, and it wasn't even a full minute of the song. And I, they, I wasn't told to just remove it, but I was told the sound has been removed. You should remove it. And now you have a, you have like points against you from YouTube yes. for violating copyright. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that was, that was basically, yeah, that was very similar to what Motown had to say yeah. about for the nostalgia. Cause we also, um, the vanity six and one of the, their vanity solo work that I played on one of those episodes, that was also another Motown release. So Motown, for whatever oh. reason, they, I think it, I, the Diana Ross was what was flagged, but that was, I think it had a lot to do with that. So, but it was a fun show. It was a fun show to do. We, we had a good time. I'll, I'll send them, I'll because, send them to you. Thank you. Because I was listening. I, I think I listened to the Bette Midler one and that, sparked this um reintroduction Deep dive into well, Bette Midler. i mean i know Bette Midler, and i of course have my favorite songs but of course made me want to listen to her more listening to that episode um and well thank you very much her movies and, and things like, like i love that because those are movies i grew up with and and then i went to go listen to i think you had one did you have one for troop beverly hills yeah that because that's one of justin's favorite and that's one of justin's I went favorite to movies back to listen to that one and it was gone Sorry. <laughs> Motown? Call, call Diana call Diana Ross. <laughs> Diana um, Ross probably doesn't even know I'm, I'm alive and that's fine. <laughs> but I really enjoyed it and I well, thank you. Thank you very much. Stevie Nicks too, because it's oh, yeah. I of course know who Stevie Nicks is. I've listened to her songs, but I think listening to your podcast and listening to you go through, you know, what she was doing during her writing process and things like that, it, it made me have like a deeper respect for her as a a music writer and not just an artist. What I love about Stevie too, is that she is very reflective. So Stevie does give me a lot of material to sink my teeth into. I've often like had this fantasy about going back and like recutting some episodes of the Immaculate podcast with Madonna talking about the song, sort of like what I do about with Stevie. Yeah. But I was joking. I was joking with one of my friends that out of like almost 40 years of Madonna's career, I'd maybe get 10 minutes out of her talking about the songs. Cause that's <laughs> just not something she does. Right. And it, and if she does, it's like, Cherish is a stupid song. In, yeah, I remember in that Rolling Stone interview, I believe she said that Into the Groove was a dumb song. And I was like, wow, that's really yeah. like dismissive. Like that's one of the greatest songs of all time. Know. But, you know, there's not a lot about Madonna. And that's a shame. And that's part of the reason why we even did the podcast was because I just felt like, you know, people don't give her the credit that she's d- deserved. She's an incredible lyricist. And I mean, nobody knows a melody better than Madonna. So... It's always a shame to me when interviewers don't ask her. And then when they do finally get the opportunity, 
it just breaks my little fan heart that she can be so dismissive of her own work. Whereas somebody like Stevie, she would sit you down with like, you know, a glass of wine and tell you about every time Lindsay Buckingham made her cry. And this is what <laughs> happened. And she goes there. She will literally, you know, for all of the, you know, imagery about Stevie Nicks being very mystical and witchy and all that stuff. She'll like tell you exactly what the song's about. She's very forthcoming about her work. So it makes my job doing that podcast so easy because there's so much material. She's very reflective and that I love that about her. Cause then you really get to know the artist more like Madonna is sort of mysterious when it comes to that. I love to know the goings on behind the scenes. Yeah. And I love that. Well, when you mentioned Madonna kind of being, very dismissive about her songs. I was watching uh, a press release from Ray of Light recently and people were asking about our songs like, oh, you know, the song Little Star about your daughter. How did you come up with that? And she goes, and she just says something to the effect of like, yeah, it's a song about my daughter. What else do you yeah, need to know? That's it. <laughs> yeah. It's like a lullaby that what, what are you asking? Mm-hmm. And in, and in a certain regard, I mean, like, let the music speak for itself. Right. Like, I totally, that's that's cool, because then it does leave it up to interpretation. It does make for difficult podcasting if you want a primary source document. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you want Madonna, what Madonna actually had to say, you're going to be hard-pressed to find it. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's fun. I uh, The CV podcast, is it's been so great so far. I've been loving every second of it. What's, what's next for you? I know there's only a few albums left for Stevie, solo work. That's it. Are you then do you think you're gonna go into Fleetwood Mac? I I would like to. I think that that really with just like real like work life balance sort of thing very much depends on what I'm doing in September with school <laughs> and all of that stuff. I I may be doing something completely different. Maybe I mean not obviously still teaching, but doing something different. So it really depends on my workload. My plan is to just kind of wrap everything up in the middle of the summer and then figure it out from there. But oh my God, I'd love to talk about the Fleetwood Mac stuff. It's just, it's time. It takes, it takes a lot of time <laughs> to do. It takes a lot of time to yeah. do it. And especially to find all the stuff. The other thing too, with like her solo work versus Fleetwood Mac, you know, if I'm including interview footage, I'm including all that stuff, Fleetwood Mac, there's three writers, you know, there's her, there's Lindsay, there's Christine McVie. So you've got all sorts of different perspectives and all the internal band drama with everybody fucking everybody else and divorcing and all that (laughs) stuff. Like there's, there's a lot there, but Oh, I would love to. It's, I, I hope to get to it. Maybe, I don't know, maybe next year. It just depends on the time, but I'd like to. Well, I am interested to hear about, um, your thoughts when you get to trouble in Shangri-La because I had made a post because I, Cheryl Crow had posted a, a video of her like doing all the harmonies and singing It's Only Love recently. Mm-hmm. And it's on her, uh, I saw, on, I, saw on your, I saw your post. And I remember you made, really some, like you made some comment because I said she recorded it with Stevie, you know, a, a year prior, but I tend to like Cheryl Crow's version. And you said something to the effect of like, Oh, that's a, is that a debate? That's a, well, that's an, it's a, I think I told you it was an unpopular opinion because it is like, that's, that's your blasphemous on that <gasps> one. Is that a favorite among Stevie Nicks? Oh yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. People love that. People love that song. I certainly love that song. So it's a, that's a fair. And what I think a lot of people like about that. And I will talk about it when I get there next month is just the, the production on that one was really stripped down. I think a lot of people's 
issue with Trouble in Shangri-La, certainly one of mine, is some of the songs, they have a really muddy production to them. Mm -hmm. And that's that's not a Stevie thing. Like, vocals are incredible. But John Shanks, who produced it, that's very much that early 2000s production sound. So I wonder if he was on the Celebration Project. Ah, well, you know what? (laughs) I'll, I'll email him. I'll email him and ask him. Yeah, <laughs> celebration, though. I mean, it, it really is a concept. It kind of was a victim of the loudness wars, Ugh. where the the just mastering was well, not, not only really the loudness great. wars, but the re-editing of songs. Yeah, of some of those was, were just like horrible. I just, I don't think, unfortunately, that celebration was a priority for anybody <laughs> up to and including. I mean, maybe Madonna because you know she did include the song in her MDNA set list and she did right. a video for it, so it, it might have been somewhat of a priority for her. But I don't think at Warner's it was a priority for anybody. It was her last contractual obligation. Right. Like nobody, unfortunately, they didn't give a shit, and that and that sucks because it could have been a lot more. But I just don't think it was a priority for anybody. So they they found whatever edit that they could find. They're like, all right, this will do. Those queens won't care. Yeah, well, that we was do. That. <laughs> oh, yeah. Trust me. Yeah, well, I could. Fingers, I could. I could read your novels. Yeah. Fingers crossed that with this biopic, maybe we'll get some new sort of box set. I'm not. Yeah. You know, counting that, my blessings nope. on it, but I f- my my expe- If your expectations are low, you're never disappointed. There you go. <laughs> Words to live by. Words to words to live by when you're when you're a Madonna fan looking for a uh, vault material <laughs> exactly. when you're when you're looking for that one single edit of everybody that was only released in Italy like that's <laughs> you gotta you gotta set the bar really low on that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, Steven, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Uh, well, I in a dream of I mine. Agree more because oh, well, you're, you you're know, very kind. It's it's weird because when I hear you on your show, I was like, Oh, I'd love to have a conversation with him about Madonna. Like you have this excitement in your voice whenever you're talking about whether it's any of your podcasts that, um, I relate to, I come across very monotone sometimes and I sound like I don't have a lot of excitement, but I do. And you kind of embody that. And I think people cap, people are kind of drawn to that, to that excitement that you have. And I'm, that's why you had a successful show. So, um, thank you very much. Thank you again. You are for so sweet. <laughs> participating. It's it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. I I just have to say it's so it's so fun to do this, and I appreciate you thinking of me and just uh, just being so great. Like I I love talking to you. I love having just our conversations that we have one on one about yeah. all sorts of things. It's it's great, and it just it it's a testament. So you know sometimes in fan communities it gets a little it gets a little awkward, but like it's. It's nice. We have a we have a nice Madonna community over in these parts. So come one, come we all. <laughs> we do. And I will say anyone, of course, I I would think that anyone listening to my show already is listening to your show. But if you're not, one would hope. go to the Immaculate Podcast Instagram channel where you can find any of the latest updates because you do shows here and there that pop mm-hmm. up. Whenever I feel like it, and whenever the mood strikes nice me. Surprises. Well, thank you. Well, thank you again. I hope you have a great night. I hope you get you too. get your office all situated. And- <laughs> I know I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best with that. I'm just looking. I've been looking around here the whole time, <laughs> and record some more immaculate podcast episodes. And I hope to talk to you again. Yes, we definitely will. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Stephen. Have a good night. Thank you. You too. Bye. Well, 
I might sound like a broken record, like at the end of Now I'm Following You Part 1, but I wanted to give a very special thank you again to Steven, and be sure to check out the Immaculate Podcast if you haven't already, uh, but even if you have, go out and listen to the episodes again, specifically the Truth or Dare episode. And also be sure to check out his current podcast for Stevie Nicks Nixology. Even if you aren't a fan of Stevie Nicks, it is very enlightening and, as I said, has given me a newfound respect for Stevie. Also, be sure to follow me on Instagram at Madonna Get Together and be sure to rate and leave a review wherever you listen to this podcast because I could use some good reviews or some bad ones. I, I welcome them all. And finally, a big thank you to all of you for listening and continuing to listen. I am very much appreciative. And if you are interested in participating, I am always looking for fans to talk to and make friends. So DM me on Instagram at Madonna Get Together and we can set something up. Or if you just want to chat, I'm happy to do that as well. I love talking to other fans about Madonna. Send me corrections. Just, you know, do do whatever. Do something else. Do my eyebrows. Until then, and until we get together again, peace and love. Thank you.